And we're here with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the uh, prevention coordinator for the agency. And with me again, everyone's favorite (laughs) human trafficking coordinator expert, Uh, And I'm going to ask her to move her microphone just a little bit closer to you. Maria Villarreal. Hey. Hi. I still think Maria holds the uh, conversations and connections record (laughs) of being on the podcast the most just because she is just a plethora of information. Oh, well, thanks, Stuart. That's the nicest (laughs) thing you ever said to me. (laughs) Everyone make note of that. In case one time, every time we, uh, she comes back to diss me about something, I'm going to remind her of the quote she just gave me. Um, but we're going to, we're talking about January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and if you don't know, um, uh, Maria is our. Well, Maria, go ahead and remind us again what what is what is your title here at the agency. I'm the sexual assault and human trafficking specialist, so I help people who were sexually assaulted and trafficked. Okay. So we really probably going to concentrate mostly on human trafficking because, like I said, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And um, I guess, Maria, one of the first things I do want to talk about is just what is, when we say human trafficking, what exactly is that? And uh, we'll talk about the misconceptions of that. But if you just, if you were to define human trafficking, how would you do that? I would definitely say that human trafficking is like an umbrella term for all these different forms of human trafficking. So what it is is basically it's like the selling of a person for some sort of gain through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. Now, like whenever it comes to like labor trafficking and sex trafficking, sex sex trafficking with adults specifically, um, we do need one of those three elements to exist. But whenever it comes to children who are being sexually trafficked, we actually don't need any of those elements. Um, Children who are providing some sort of commercial sex service, they're automatically, they're considered victims automatically of sex trafficking. Now, when when you are our, our human trafficking specialist, the main thing you're concerned about is the sex trafficking part of it, correct? Well, it we I, I can see victims of both sex trafficking and labor trafficking, but we, what we do see the most is sex trafficking. Okay, and we'll get into into the the nuances and and the differences uh, with that. Uh, and I think a lot of times people will confuse smuggling, human yeah. smuggling, with trafficking, and that's a difference. Yeah, yeah. So smuggling—that's the um, illegal entry into a the illegal entry of a, into a nation. Um, so a perfect example would be like people coming from Central America, South America, mm-hmm. into the U.S. Um, that would be like a perfect example. And then okay. human trafficking can happen to a U.S. citizen, and we don't need any smuggling and transportation in the human trafficking case. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, and, and one thing that we I've, I've heard you talk about several times, that there's all sorts of myths tied in to... Uh, human trafficking uh, or sex trafficking, however you want to, uh, however you want to describe it, and I love the example you give that it's never like it's portrayed on TV or the movies. Uh, what's the Liam Neeson movies? Taken. Taken. <laughs> uh, you know where this unmarked, mysterious van pulls up and snatches someone off the streets. It's nothing like that, right? No, we we well, I have we have never seen a case like that. Um, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because it does, but it very rarely happens. Um, what we tend to see is that the trafficker is somebody the victim knows. Mm-hmm. Usually it's an intimate partner 
a family member. Um, it can be a teacher. It can be a coach. It can be a pastor. It really can be anybody. But we have never seen a case where somebody was kidnapped off the streets. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about labor. Tra- it's all human trafficking, labor trafficking, and uh, sex trafficking. Uh, you said that, you know you'd be you are able to see either mm-hmm. victims, uh, but you mostly see the sex trafficking. Um, let's just talk about the differences, uh, labor trafficking. So labor trafficking, that is whenever somebody is being forced or coerced or there was some fraud going on, um, where they're being forced to do some sort of like service, um, and the other person has some sort of gain or maybe like that the other person doesn't pay the victim at all. Um, that's, that's what labor trafficking is essentially. Um, and then with sex trafficking, it's whenever a victim is being forced to perform some sort of sex act for some sort of gain, um, for another person through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. But then whenever it comes to children, like I said earlier, we don't need any of those elements. So is there a difference between what you would define as sex trafficking versus prostitution? Yes, for sure. Um, so, like, there is this big debate whenever it comes to prostitution because I know that some people want to legalize it. Some people think that the legalization of prostitution will, like, um, make things better, so to say. Will like I've heard some people call it, refer to it as a victimless crime. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so prostitution, basically, it's like whenever somebody decides to sell their body um, on their own free will, they're not being coerced, not being forced into it. Um, whereas sex trafficking, yeah, they're being forced into it. Or if it's a minor, they're automatically victims of sex trafficking. And I was just about to bring that up because I've heard this term. And I know you've heard this term when you talk, you've heard people talk about child prostitution or child yeah. prostitutes. And if you look at the legit definition, there's no way a child can be a prostitute yeah, there's due to the definition of it. There's absolutely no way. Like, there's no such thing as a child prostitute. And whenever it comes to a sex trafficking case, um, there's no such thing as a as a victim who's a prostitute as well. Like, no. Right. Like, it, sex trafficking does look like prostitution on the surface, but that's why it's important to, like, you know, dive deeper into these cases and see, you know, what what it really is because it does look like prostitution on the surface, but sure. it's not. Right. Because... I think anybody that call, that calls an exchange of money for sex is going to be prostitution, but obviously that child is not doing it on their free will, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and even mm-hmm. even if a child does say, I mean, we have gotten some of those cases where a child may say, like, yeah, like I want to do this for my boyfriend, and you know, I was I was doing this on my own free will. Um, uh, according to the TVPA, anybody under the age of eighteen who is doing commercial sex acts, I mean, they're considered victims of sex trafficking. No questions asked. TVPA, what is that? Uh, the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Um, so it's the it's the law that was set in place to protect victims of trafficking. Okay, okay, cool. So, what are are there any other misconceptions that come to mind? We talk about the the way it's depicted in the movies, and it's not really like that. We talked about uh, there's not really such a thing as child prostitution. Are there any other misconceptions about human trafficking yeah a lot of people think that whenever it comes to sex trafficking like it only happens to females or little girls but that's not true like it can it can happen to males it can happen to 
to boys as well. And um, there's actually a, an agency up in North Texas that helps male survivors. Um, so whenever it comes to sex trafficking, anybody can be a victim. Yeah. Um, another misconception is a lot of people think that um, human trafficking is all about like force, all about like brutal beatings and everything, which is not true. Um, what it usually consists of, especially in the very beginning of it, is that traffickers will manipulate somebody Um they will tell them the right things to get to lure them into this sort of like heinous mm -hmm. world. They will tell them, okay, well, like I can provide this and this for you, but through the manipulation and the grooming, eventually they'll be like, okay, well, I have done this and this for you. It's time for you to pay up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I guess maybe with you saying that, I guess there could be a way where sometimes maybe labor trafficking and sex trafficking is kind of, they kind of mesh together maybe like if somebody's over here uh being labor trafficked we're not going to pay you and then well there is a way that you can pay us maybe for giving you the privilege to come over here and work and then maybe that will get into sex trafficking yeah it can it can go yeah it, it can go that way and this is an audio podcast. I'm shrugging my shoulders right now asking <laughs> Maria because I don't know. You're the expert. So I, I, that just kind of popped into my mind if they could, if one could lead into the other. Yeah, I've, I've, we've gotten cases where um, it started off as labor trafficking, but then it evolved into okay. sex trafficking. So like they were considered victims of both yeah. sex trafficking okay. and labor trafficking. So how big of a problem is it? I think a lot of times people think, well, you know, little rural East Texas, we don't have anything like that that goes on here. That's all in the big cities. That's in Houston and in Dallas. Yeah, it, it's definitely happening here. Um, so it will never be on the scale of like Houston or Dallas because we don't have certain things. We don't have, thankfully, we don't have a strip club, first of all. We don't have adult stores. Um, we don't have like big sport, a big sport team, um, NFL, NBA, whatever. The pro team. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have, you know, things that will attract people from like the nation or from the country. Okay. Um, so it will never be on the scale of a Houston or Dallas, but it's still happening here. Um, if it wasn't happening here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be having this position. So obviously, yeah. There you go. So I'm, I'm thankful the directors created this position because it's happening here. And I think that's, and that could probably fall under the myths also that that this doesn't happen in rural communities, and obviously it does. Otherwise, mm -hmm. there wouldn't be a need for us to have someone like you, yeah, to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so. I guess what you know. One of the questions I have is, in what what ways uh, do traffickers lure potential victims into this? So the 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 way that they mainly do it is through identifying their vulnerabilities. Um, that is the number one way. Um, so they can see that somebody may have. Um, may have gone through something bad, like I'm just going to put an example out there, maybe they're being abused at home. And if that victim discloses something like, well, you know, my dad did this to me or my brother did this to me, that trafficker can be like, okay, well, if you come with me or if you let me become your boyfriend or your girlfriend, whatever it may be, um, you don't ever have to worry about me harming you. I'll love you. I'll support you and everything. So they'll prey on that and then they'll manipulate them and eventually use that against them. Okay. They can be like, okay, well, like if you don't do this for me, then I guess you're going to have to go back home and you're going to get abused and everything. Another way, and we're seeing more and more cases where like victims are being lured through social media and, um, like games. 
so through the internet as well um and these traffickers these predators they will portray themselves as like a 13 year old child as a 16 year old child and so one thing that i do want to tell people is that they can't trust pictures anymore these days they can't even trust like a live stream um I can't remember the app, but there's an app out there where you can transform yourself into the opposite sex, younger or older, and you can be doing like a live stream with somebody. That's how you'll appear. And that app is amazing because you had it for a little bit just to kind of (laughs) play with it and test it out. And it was amazing. You made yourself look like a, like a 14 year old boy, I think. And it, it blew me away. I'm like, Wow. Yeah, I had I had to show it to a group of kids too, so they could really see that this is legit, that this is really happening. Well, and they even, I even blew yeah. their minds away. Well, you was with me. We, you you went with me to juvenile probation, yeah. uh, and you showed it to uh, to the young people there, and they couldn't believe yeah what that app could do. Yeah, you know, so it's it's just important to educate you know everybody about these things. And you mentioned games, we and uh, and, and maybe you know. Maybe saving this for for my next question. Um, so yeah, scratch that. <laughs> I was just about to ask you. We'll we'll get to that. But one thing also that I've heard, and you can verify this, is be leery. And maybe this again is for young people and parents. Be leery of ads for for modeling mm-hmm. yes. and things like that. Right. Yes. Um, there has been so many cases where a victim gets lured through modeling ads. And, you know, the the ad may say so many good things, like, we'll pay you this amount, that you'll get to travel, you'll get to experience this and this and this. If it's too good to be true, it very likely is. Sure. And that's yeah. that's how I want to warn people. Right. You know, one of the things I was wanting to talk about is advice for young people and parents. And of course, we just talked about the the modeling ads. But I also wanted to bring up, you you briefly mentioned games, video games. Um, social games like um, uh, Roblox, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, are very, very popular with young kids. Uh, Minecraft, uh, Fortnite, things like that. Uh, potential traffickers have been known to get into those games to try to lure kids into this stuff yes and um i I watched the video where it was just like i i could not believe how they they will lure people but like in this particular video like they put the word sex on the wall in the in the video game of roblox yes and it had an arrow pointing down downstairs and so that you could see the person following the arrows and next thing I see is like a penis being drawn on the wall and everything. I'm pretty that's a code yeah. that um, people that people can be engage in some sort of sex acts. Um, and even then, I think we even saw another video of like where if they stood in front of like some sort of genitalia, their their character will transform. Yeah, into no, that. that was that was at the uh, set conference. At, at the conference, yeah. we had the the guy come and, and, and talk to us. That's where he showed us the app yeah. that that we first saw the app, and then he was showing us some videos of uh, Roblox where. Uh, and you know, whenever I do, in fact, I did this yesterday. I was at a school, and one of my presentations I do to kids is being safe online, not giving your. Mm-hmm. And of course, in my PowerPoint. I throw up, you know, the logo for Roblox and Minecraft and uh, Fortnite. And, of course, the kids just go nuts. (laughs) But it goes to show that these kids, if I ask kids, especially 
first graders through fifth graders, what do you play? Everyone's going to be playing Roblox. Yeah. And to know that that game is also being used for potential traffickers is just a little disturbing. And it also bothers me, and I'm saying this because I am a gamer, that parents aren't more educated about stuff like that. Oh, it's a game. I'm just going to let my kid play. What harm is it going to be? Uh, see, and I was you know? I was literally about to bring that up because it's like, I noticed people that think that it's just a video game, no harm, whatever. But yeah. like, I mean, video games can really desensitize somebody, especially right. if they start seeing certain things at a young age. They may, they, they sure. that child is going to be like, well, it's no big deal. It's normal. Yeah. But research has, has shown that like when somebody's exposed to like yeah. sexual activities or even something sexual online, Whenever they grow up, they're more likely to be, you know, victims of some sort of sex yeah. crime, or they're more likely to actually be a, a predator. Right. Even so. Right. Yeah. So it's it's just important to to check on children's activity online. So we're recording this in uh, the very uh, the very beginning of December, uh, but this will air uh, probably the first Monday in. J- <coughs> Excuse me, in January, which is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Do you have any? Can we talk yet about any activities or events that our agency will be doing? Yeah, so um, we do have a training confirmed in Nacogdoches for January 10th. Um, a speaker from Tasso will be coming. He has 28 years of experience. Who's coming? Uh, his name is Mike Sweeney. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. familiar with him. When you said toss, I, 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 I was just wondering, but yeah, okay. I think I know who you're, who you're, talk, who you're thinking about. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be talking more about like the victimology aspect of it. Okay. So like at-risk individuals and neurobiology of it. Okay. Um, so that's going to be like one to five at the Civic Center. And in Nacogdoches. In Nacogdoches. Mm-hmm. And we're also trying to get some um, movie screenings lined up as well and an additional training, but that's still in the works. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so what I would suggest, if you're listening to this, just go to our website. Go mm-hmm. to com, and we should have all that information up on the website about all the different activities, trainings, yes. uh, and, and, and whatnot. All right. Is there anything else that we need to talk about before we wrap things up? No. Or that you? I think it's good. So I want to tell you all this. So every podcast that I do, I always give the guest an outline to let them know, because I don't want to blindside anyone, <laughs> let them know what questions I'm going to ask. But I always have this disclaimer I tell everyone that, uh, hey, this may not be everything I ask, because a lot of times over our conversation, a, a, a question will come up. Uh Maria is so awesome and good at her job. I'm setting up my equipment. Maria, do you need a copy of that line? Nah. <laughs> I don't need no stinking outline. Oh, thanks. You were the first <laughs> guest ever that uh, did not ask or require it. And he, I, I made you one. He he is exaggerating. Like he did send me an outline that the, like the day before, but you know. <laughs> but I, I I commend you for being so knowledgeable and comfortable in your job that you feel like, hey, I'm ready for whatever Stuart can throw at me. <laughs> and uh, of course, again, y'all have heard me talk about this before. Um, Maria Villarreal and I, we have this. Uh, uh, what would you call it? 
obviously not a toxic work relationship, <laughs> but we, we Some pick people on, may identify it like that. <laughs> we, we pick on each other a lot, but yeah. it's all in good fun. It's all in good, good, good nature. She's like my, my work sister, I guess, or yeah. whatever you want to call her. Uh, but I know that we provide a lot of entertainment. We do. We do provide entertainment for, for our coworkers. Uh, okay, well, Maria, thank you so much uh, again for uh, coming out. Uh, Jan- don't forget, January, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. It does happen here in East Texas. And um, so we just want to make sure that you're aware of what can happen and the, the potential out there for things like that to happen. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Maria. Thank you. All right. So if you want uh, more information on Human Trafficking Awareness Month, you can call our toll-free 1-800 number. That's one 800 828 7233. Also, if you feel like you need the help uh, or any of our services from the Family Crisis Center, you can call that number. And also subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can uh, subscribe via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much any podcast service of your choice. Remember, as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.